This episode of The Way Home Podcast is sponsored by The Good Book Company. We're thankful for our partners at The Good Book Company who publish gospel-centered resources to equip the church. And to celebrate our partnership, The Good Book Company is offering a 30% discount on all of our ERLC staff titles on their website until the end of October. So you'll want to take advantage of this. So you can pick up a copy of my book, The Dignity Revolution, or Andrew Walker's book, God and the Transgender Debate, the children's book, God's Very Good Idea by my colleague, Trillia Newbell, for these exclusive low prices. So visit thegoodbook.com today and use the code ERLC30 to get 30% off. So what's the best way to teach our kids the Bible? I know as a father, I'm always concerned about finding the best resources and methods to teach our four children the scriptures. We want to get the scriptures uh, in their hearts and minds as while they're young so that it can help form and shape them uh, as they grow older and seek to live on mission for God. Well, I have found the materials by Marty Makowski incredibly helpful. Right now we're going through one called Long Story Short, where he goes through the Old Testament with these sort of 10 to 15 minute devotionals that explain what's going on in the Old Testament text, but always pointing it to Christ and how this fits with the the whole story of Scripture. Well, it's my pleasure today to have uh, Marty on the podcast, and Marty is going to just talk about a lot of different things. First of all, sort of how he developed these resources for parents that are so helpful, what he as a pastor, how he encourages and equips parents to catechize, to teach their own children, and some tips he has for parents on the best ways to do family devotions or to just to teach the Bible, to teach Christian theology to their children. I think you're going to enjoy this podcast immensely. So let's join my conversation with Marty Makowski. Marty, thanks for joining me. It's my pleasure to be with you, Dan. Before we start talking about some of these things, I have to tell you that my kids think it's so cool that I'm interviewing you because we use your resources in our in our home for our family worship time and family devotions, and we have for years. So you're, you're kind of a mini celebrity in our home. <laughs> well, I don't feel like a mini celebrity, but uh, tell your children I said hello. Well, I certainly will. We started using your stuff uh, with... The long story short, kind uh-huh. of your walk through the Old Testament for kids, and uh, just really, really well done. I just want to ask you, um, what kind of spurred you on to start writing some of these really good materials for families? Well, actually, I didn't plan to write them uh, for the broader body of Christ. Uh, I was here at Covenant Fellowship, my church just outside of Philadelphia, and you know, you're always looking for good curriculum, and I couldn't find anything that walk through the Bible with an emphasis on the gospel uh, from Genesis through Revelation. I think the gospel project was still in formation at that time, maybe just an idea. And so I developed the curriculum and the companion devotionals for Covenant Fellowship. And other churches just began to ask, hey, what are you guys using? And I said, well, we developed something on our own. And So by the time New Growth Press found out about it, there were about 200 churches using our curriculum and the devotionals. Once New Growth published it, it just took off, and that's kind of got that's what that's what got me started writing specifically for the broader body of Christ. I was a dad 
looking at a big thick study Bible sitting on my end table going like, how do I do this with kids? Like, where do I begin? And so it was as much for me as it was for anyone to try to get my hands around passing the gospel onto the next generation. Well, one of the things I, th- I think that's so helpful about, about your work, as you said, that you really help uh, see in every passage how it points to Christ. And that's particularly helpful in the Old Testament. And I just love the way, for instance, long story short is, is formatted, where you, you really do work through these Old Testament, key Old Testament passages, but then you're you're always sort of tying it into the New Testament. You're always saying, for instance, when we're talking about the promises to Abraham and, you know, you're helping us see well, how were these fulfilled or where is this, you know, developed further on down the line. And it, it seems like there's a way that parents, I think, can teach their kids unintentionally or Sunday school classes where you can teach, kind of teach through the Bible and give moral lessons, but not actually teach them the gospel. Uh, is that something that that you've seen? Absolutely. Most of the curriculums and materials out there are teaching good moral lessons. And there's something to be said for helping kids understand the virtues of courage and faith and truthfulness. But All of those good qualities can be found in the major religions in the world. That's not what makes Christianity Christianity, uh, to live an upright moral life. What makes Christianity Christianity is the gospel. It's Jesus Christ coming to die for our sins, and that's always been God's plan. And it is found throughout the tapestry of Scripture, Old Testament and New. So yeah, you know, you could teach... Uh, you have to have courage like uh, David did in facing Goliath, but it's much more effective to point out that we're not David in that story. We're the fearful Israelites who are disobeying what God had called them to do, and they needed a deliverer, uh, David, to come onto the scene to be their representative head and defeat their enemy, which in our case is sin and death. So yeah, I think that it's easy to fall back onto a a moral lesson when teaching kids. And if we include the gospel, it's okay to point out those moral lessons. Talk to parents who may be listening, who are sort of intimidated about, you know, walking through the Bible with their kids. You know, they're they're thinking, man, I don't, I I didn't go to seminary. I'm not a pastor. Um, You know, I'm not that confident in the way that I know the scriptures. Maybe give them some encouragement. Well, I would say that with the resources out today, including the books that I've written, like Long Story Short for the Old Testament and Old Story New for the New Testament, uh, all the work's been done for them. So Mm -hmm. it's not like they have to pick up a a Bible like uh, I initially was paranoid about doing to figure out what to teach my kids. the The hard work's been done. What's most important is being faithful to use those resources. Because what we have in all of our hearts as as dads is we have uh, remaining sin at work that will convince us that tomorrow's a better day to start than today. Mm. And there's always a tomorrow, and it's always better than today. And so I find that the most important thing we need is a conviction that we have to start now. And so if someone's listening to this podcast, they're going through that, uh, okay, well, when should I begin? How about tomorrow? 
But I'd say, no, no, plan to start today. Mm. And one of the things I love about uh, your resources, and I think it's really has helped us as a family, is really the questions at the end of every day, like that really provoke discussion among the kids. And one of the things we try to do, and I think you encourage this, is we try to teach, but also not give them too much. I, I want my kids to sort of think through it themselves and like, you know, let's let's toss this around and think through what what actually could be happening here. What what is God saying here? And it's been it's been really fruitful. Well, we found that uh, our kids are actually brighter than we give them credit for, and providing those discussion questions as a springboard uh, has really helped families. I've heard you know certain days devotions may only go ten minutes, and it kind of just kind of drops off there. Okay, we'll let that day pass. But other days, something in what is asked or written provokes a particular child and leads to a discussion that can last an hour long. Then you as the mom or dad get to walk away and tell all your friends, yeah, I had devotions with my family. It was just about an hour long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as you're also a pastor. So, I mean, one of the really responsibilities of, of, of pastors and I think church leaders is really to help equip parents to go train their children. And um, you, you've been doing this for, for a while. What's some advice you give to pastors to help train the families in their churches? Well, I think that dads and moms need a regular reminder from the pulpit on Sunday mornings and a suggested plan to follow. So everybody knows that they're supposed to pass the glorious deeds of the Lord to the next generation, which is uh, what Asaph calls us to in Psalm 78. But life is busy. Our schedules are full and people forget. And we as pastors need to regularly remind them. And very often in churches, The senior pastor has delegated responsibility for the children to a children's ministry director or a children's pastor, and that's fine for the administration and the outworking of the plans for the children as they relate to Sunday mornings, but there's a responsibility that every senior pastor should retain to encourage the fathers, to encourage the mothers, to encourage the caregivers to be passing the glorious deeds of the Lord, the gospel, onto the next generation. And so regular reminders from the pulpit on Sunday, I find, is is a tremendous key, and then giving them a plan. So I know churches that use the gospel story curriculum in their Sunday children's ministry, and then encourage parents regularly by reminding them what story number children's ministry is on, and inviting them to participate with their family that week by following along in the book at the appropriate chapter. And so when you have a plan like that and you put it together and you regularly remind parents, you're going to find that you're going to get the greatest percentage of your folks participating. You have a new series. I shouldn't say new, but you, you have a, a project that's been out for, for a little bit uh, called Theology, uh, where you're actually uh, teaching systematic theology to kids. And I think a lot of people would re- recoil and say, well, you can't teach systematic theology to kids. They're not going to understand it. Uh, but you've done this in a way that is very creative, but also very substantive. What is your motivation behind this? Well, the long story short and old story new really represent a biblical theology mm-hmm. 
And I wanted also to teach the important systematic theological truths like adoption and salvation and redemption. And I wanted to provide a resource that would make what could feel like a super heavy subject, super complicated and dense truths to be simple and easy for parents to use. And what I find is that as parents have read through theology, uh, they actually have learned. Because once again, you don't need to study it before you use it. You simply learn it as you go by reading it to your kids. And I've had parents come up to me on the side. They kind of look around, are their, are their kids there? And then they whisper, hey, I just want to let you know, um, this isn't just for my kids. I'm learning this too. Mm. And and it was very helpful for me to take a book like Grudem's Systematic Theology, where he's worked intensely, I think, too, and, and, and the more easy to understand uh, companion to that um, Bible doctrine, he's, he's worked really hard. I basically took his material and mm-hmm. said, okay, how can I communicate this in a way that kids can understand and added my own creative flair to provide illustrations to help the kids understand and appreciate those deep theological truths. And, you know, theology is really just the study of God. So a systematic theology is an orderly study of God. That's all it is. It sounds complex, but it's actually very simple at its core. Mm, That's really good. I mean, we've started doing this with our kids too, and it's amazing the discussions you can have and how how much kids can really kind of comprehend and understand uh, some of these these key doctrines. And I'm, you know, I'm a really big believer, uh, which is why I've really appreciated your work, that parents need to really catechize their children. I think there was kind of an assumption, and maybe in a few previous generations, that our kids could just kind of be formed by themselves or sort of formed by the culture. But I don't, I don't think we're – I don't think that was ever a good – Parenting philosophy, but but especially today, it seems like our kids are going to be formed and catechized. It's just a matter of are we doing it, and are they being formed to the right things? You know, parents, when it comes to just about any other subject, wouldn't think of letting their kids just learn on their own. You know, uh, you can imagine, um, you know, buying a violin for your daughter, putting her into a room, and not not giving her a teacher and expecting her to learn the violin without a teacher. So with the scriptures, the gospel, the most important subject that we have to give our children, bar none, they need a teacher. They need an instructor. And the Bible puts the primary responsibility on fathers and mothers to pass that on. We can partner and should partner with churches and schools, but even if we have a really good school or a good church that's doing a lot of good, how many hours do they actually have our kids? We've got them many more hours Mm -hmm. and have the opportunity to influence them both in the direct discipleship where we spend that 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day reviewing a devotion, and then uh, all the other time where we get to talk about God's creation as we walk along a woodland path, or when uh, our kids are exposed to a billboard that uh, is very worldly. It's gonna, it's gonna provoke discussion. And so if we're ready in those moments to bring the scriptures to bear 
then really all of life becomes a classroom. And I think that's what's behind the scripture from the Old Testament that talks about in Deuteronomy when we walk along the road, putting things on our doorpost and lintel, you know, the word of God always being before our children's eyes. Hmm. Yeah, it really seems important. And, you know, one of the ways, uh, as you said, for parents to really learn the scriptures is by taking up the responsibility of teaching it to their kids. Uh, and I know for us as parents, uh, that has really, really formed us as well. Let me ask you this, just as a writer and a pastor, how, how do those two vocations fit together? How does your your preaching fit with your writing? How does your writing fit with your preaching, number one? And number two, do you kind of have a writing process? Do you have a, a set time that you sit together and work on projects, or do you kind of do it based on deadline? I'm, I'm just curious as a writer what kind of what your process is. Well, my responsibilities at the church, I currently serve as the executive pastor, but I also still lead children's ministry, which is kind of a unique combination. But mm. I want to, I've kept children's ministry because of my writing and my work with children so that I'm always keeping my hand on the pulse of what's going on. But I preach mostly in our children's ministry. And that springs out of my writing for children. My writing time is pretty much every morning at, I get up at 5.30 and by six, I'm either starting my study for writing or writing. Mm. And I spend about two hours a day, every day writing. There are a few days in between projects that may not be writing. This morning, I wasn't writing. I just sent a revised manuscript for a book, a children's book called Don't Blame the Mud that uh, is going to be published by New Growth Press. And it's more of a children's storybook of a boy who his mom tells him not to get his school clothes dirty. He goes playing in the mud through walking through the park and then tries to hide that from his uh, mom and dad. And in the story just talks about how he deals with temptation and the resulting consequences of his sin. And uh, it's designed to communicate how sin works to young children. Mm, that's really good. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Well, listen, Marty, I'm I'm really appreciative of of the work, and I think you have really helped families be able to train their kids. And I I can't endorse your stuff enough. I I, I really encourage people to go out and get some of your resources, particularly long story short or short story long, if you want to start kind of walking your kids through scripture in a systematic way over the course of a year. But you also have some really good devotionals for families to do together and Proverbs and other other passages. So I really want to encourage people to go out and get uh, Marty's stuff. But Marty, thank you for your, uh, your service to the church and the body of Christ. Thanks for having me on your program, and it is great uh, to hear that things are going well with your kids and that you're discipling them. I pray for all those listeners and encourage those who aren't to get started today. Well, thanks, Marty. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please let us know by writing a review on iTunes. You can catch previous episodes on danieldarling.com. The Way Home is produced by Gary Lancaster and scheduling by Marie Delph. The Way Home is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention.